0: A very good morning to my brethren and friends. It's good to see all of you this morning. We welcome you to the worship services of Eastside Church of Christ. And to those of you who have invited, accepted the invitation from the brethren to join us for this Friendship Sunday, uh, we welcome you and we want you to know that you are honored guests. We really appreciate you taking time to be with us. I know that on a uh, wet Sunday morning, it's always uh, tempting to sleep in bed. Uh, but we are thankful that you have taken the uh, time to worship God with us. And as Uncle Peter has mentioned earlier, this is our Friendship Sunday. A Sunday whereby we specially select topics that might be of interest and relevance to you and for this year we have embarked on a series of theme on the on a series on the theme what if and the first for the first Sunday of the year i am thankful for this privilege to be able to share on this topic what if Jesus did not rise from the dead you know something interesting about the resurrection of our lord Jesus is that He is not the only resurrection in the bible in fact, he's not even the first case of resurrection in the Bible. Consider, for instance, in the Old Testament, we have at least three occasions whereby people are redirected from the dead. We have the son of the widow of Zarephath, who was redirected by Elijah. We have the son of the Shunammite woman, who was redirected by Elisha. And then we have a dead man that was raised to life after he touched the bones of Elisha. In the New Testament, uh, we have more occasions, more accounts of resurrection. In fact, we see that Jesus himself resurrected at least three people that are mentioned in the Bible. We have the daughter of Jairus, the son of the widow of Nain, and Lazarus himself, who was resurrected by or Lord Jesus. And even in the first first century church, we see that there were apostles who raised people from the dead as well. We read of how Paul raised up doctors, or Peter raised up doctors, and Paul raised up Eutychus. So you see from these instances that Jesus is not the only person who resurrected and not the first either. But what is interesting and unique about the resurrection of our Lord Jesus is that his resurrection was the only resurrection that was prophesied in the Old Testament. In Psalm 16 verse 8 to 11, it talks about how our Lord Jesus would be raised from the dead. His flesh would not see corruption. None of these cases you see here had their resurrection being prophesied and none of them as well knew that they were raised from the dead. None of them actually pre- uh, uh, talked about their the death and the resurrection beforehand. Only our Lord Jesus foretold of his resurrection to his apostles on many occasions. In fact, in Matthew's account read of at least three occasions that Jesus talked about it in Matthew 16, Matthew 17 and Matthew chapter 20. So what is it that is so important about the resurrection of Jesus? What makes it so special? And what is its significance for us today? And so in this morning's lesson, we want to consider the question, what if Jesus did not rise from the dead? We shall first consider the implications. What are the implications if Jesus did not rise from the dead? And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 he fully understood the implications if Jesus did not rise from the dead. In fact, when we read the account of 1 Corinthians 15, we see Paul gives us a series of implications. What happens? What would it mean for Christians if Jesus did not rise from the dead? He knew that the implications were severe. He knew that they were the consequences were very important to us. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14 and verse 17, Let's look at what the Apostle Paul said. Paul said, If Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. Your faith is also in vain. If Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. You are yet in your sins. So the Apostle Paul knew fully well what he's talking about. He knew that if Jesus did not rise from the dead, preaching and faith would be in vain, and we would still be in sin. You see, the main crux of the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. When we talk about preaching the gospel, the word gospel means good news. And what is the good news we are talking about? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, in the earlier verse in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul started off by saying, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which you have received, and wherein you stand. So Paul says, I am declaring the gospel to you. And verse two, he says, by which also you are saved. So the gospel is what saves us. He says, if you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you believed in vain. And what is this gospel? He's talking about verse three over here. We have it on the slides. Verse three explains what is this gospel. He says, for I deliver unto you first of all that which also I received, how that Jesus died for our sins according to scriptures, he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So when we talk about preaching the gospel, essentially we are talking about the good news about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. This is the central theme of the gospel. And consider when we talk about obeying the gospel, what does it mean to obey the gospel? It means that we are baptized into the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Since the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, when we obey the gospel, we obey his death, burial, and resurrection. How so? Through water baptism. In Romans 6 verse 3 to verse 4, Paul actually illustrates how baptism is akin to following the pattern of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He says, Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, you also should walk in newness of life. And verse 5 he says, If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So you see, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is so important to us Christians. If he did not rise from the dead, okay, of course we know he did, but if he did not rise from the dead, what it means for us is that our preaching is useless because we are preaching about something that did not happen. We believe in something that did not happen. Our faith would be in vain and we would be still in sin. Because as the apostle says in Romans 6 verse 5, if we are go together, we are planted in the likeness of his death, then we come up in the likeness of his resurrection. But if Jesus did not rise from the dead, what does he mean for for me, for you? It means that we did not rise up from the grave of water baptism as a new man. We are still in our sins. So very severe implications for us if Jesus did not rise from the dead. Secondly, Apostle Paul also acknowledged that if Jesus did not rise from the dead, that he, as well as the other apostles, they would be guilty of being false witnesses. And verse 15 of 1 Corinthians 15, he says, Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. So the apostle Paul knows very well, that because they testify, of the witness of Je- they testify of the resurrection of Jesus, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then what it means is that they are false witnesses. They have bad false testimony. In fact, we consider that one of the very strict criteria of an apostle is that he must be a witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. In fact, the criteria was so strict that when they tried to find people to take over Judas is carried as an apostle after he committed suicide, they could only find two people that fit the criteria. And what was this criteria that they were looking at? They must be with Jesus from the start of his ministry until the end of his ministry. And Acts 1 verse 22, Peter talks about the qualifications, the criteria. He says he must be with Jesus from the beginning of the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, he must be ordained to be a witness with us of the resurrection. So an apostle must mean that the person must have seen Jesus raised up from the dead and seen how he ascended into heaven. You cannot be a witness and say that "Oh, I never see it, uh, but I hear it from my good friend that uh, this thing happened. Today in the court of law, someone wants to be a witness, you must have seen it physically with your own eyes. So today people who claim that they are apostles, the Bible says these are false apostles, because the people who claim to have seen Jesus, could they have lived for 2000 years before, until now, and witnessed Jesus risen from the dead? Of course, that is not possible. So we see that the apostle, first and foremost, must be a witness of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And again, the central theme of the apostle's preaching would also be about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. In fact, Acts 4 verse 33 tells us that with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. You see, the apostles, as they go about preaching the gospel, preaching about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, they perform miracles. The miracles authenticated their preaching. That what they preached was actually from God. What they preached was the truth. And so, if Jesus did not really resurrect from the dead, and yet they say that I saw Jesus resurrect from the dead, they'll be guilty of perjury, making false testimony before people that Jesus raised if he did not raise. And such is the implication. The Apostle Paul knew that he would be guilty of lying if Jesus did not rise from the dead. And one of the most tragic consequences if Jesus did not rise from the dead is that the dead would have no hope. And Paul says, those who have fallen asleep in Christ are perished. There is no hope. There is nothing to look forward to, to those faithful Christians who have died with the Lord. The resurrection is very important. Because the resurrection of Jesus is what gives us Christians hope and comfort. Consider what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. In verse 13 he says, I will not have you ignorant brethren concerning those of you who are asleep. He's talking about those who are asleep meaning referring to death, those who have died. He tells them to sorrow not even as others who have no hope. He says don't be upset, don't be sorrowful, don't, be, don't have no hope. Why is that so? because there is a hope. In verse 14 he says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also who sleep in Jesus, will God reign with him. He says that there is a hope, because those of you who die in the Lord, one day they will come back with Jesus. And he goes on to say how Jesus, at his second coming, will come with a great shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And then he says, The dead in Christ shall rise first. And those of us who are living will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And we shall forever be with the Lord. And then in verse 18 he says, comfort one another with these words. The comfort and the hope can only come if Jesus had risen from the dead. But if he had not risen, what hope is there to talk about? How if someone cannot even raise himself, how could you believe he could raise others? How a comfort would he give to someone who says say that, oh your, your loved one has died, you will never see them again, but don't be upset. That won't comfort them. The comfort only comes in knowing that they have a better place that they went to. One day, we will see them if we are faithful. And dear John, John the Apostle also tells us that dead saints, they are blessed because of the resurrection of Jesus. The blessing only comes if there is resurrection of the dead. Huh? John recognizes that he knew the importance of the resurrection. In fact, he heard a voice from heaven saying to him, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, said the Spirit, that they may rest from their labours, and their works do follow them. Why are those who die in the Lord blessed? It's because of the resurrection. Think about it. If there is no resurrection, it means that what we have done for God is in vain. The works that we have done, the sacrifices we have made, the sufferings we go through for Christ, all of it means for nothing. Your end is the same as those who are done wickedly, if there is no resurrection. So what hope would that be? be? What reward would that be? And so... Paul recognizes that there must be a red ratio of the dead in order for the dead to have this hope and to have this comfort. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, none of this would matter to us. But our lives will have been lived for nothing. And so we see that the red of Jesus does carry very important implications and very severe consequences. But thankfully for us, we have a lot of evidence about the red of Jesus It gives us full assurance that Jesus had resurrected from the dead. And so I want to come to the next point for this morning's sermon, talking about the impossibility that Jesus did not rise from the dead. What are the chances that Jesus did not rise from the dead? The answer is, it's impossible. Because of the amount of witnesses, the amount of evidences that God has left for us, both in secular history as well as in the scriptures. And this morning I'd like to look at three important lines of evidence to show us that Jesus indeed had risen from the dead the first one we want to consider is the witnesses the very witnesses these witnesses were not gullible these witnesses were not those who were of what to believe in jesus but we see that this evidence is presented by friend and foe alike we look at the enemies of jesus and then we'll consider the disciples of jesus Now, sometimes people think that oh jesus body is missing it's a fact nobody can deny that sometimes people think that oh jesus body is missing could it have been stolen in fact that was the lie that was propagated by the guards at jesus tomb but it could not have been so because of the strict measures that were in place in fact in god's wisdom he allowed all these things to be put in place so that no one can deny that jesus resurrected from the dead consider the safety measures that the enemies of jesus took because they heard time and again jesus said about how he'll come back from the dead and so they were afraid that there might be some trickery involved. They were afraid that the apostles might come and steal the body by night. Okay. So that's what happened in Mark and Matthew chapter 27. We see that they asked for a guard. In verse 26, he says that the Pharisees and the chief priests they went, they made the sepulchre sure, and they sealed the stone and set a watch. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. Consider what was there to secure the tomb. There was a stone. It was a very great stone that blocked the door of the tomb. In fact, the door door was so heavy, uh, the stone stone was so heavy, that when the women that went to visit Jesus, they were wondering to themselves, uh, who can help us to move away the stone? uh, Because it was so heavy, even the three women that went there, they could not move the stone by themselves. They were wondering that they would need help to move the stone. It was a very great stone. Nobody can move by themselves. Furthermore, Consider that there were guards at the tomb uh, For the Romans, they usually put between 12 to 16 guards uh, And there will be a lot of people And we're not talking about those newbie soldiers uh, We're talking about trained, elite Roman armies The the armies that people feared them These were well-trained guards And you know what is so important about these guards is that If they lose the body, what will be the consequence? They will lose their lives also uh, remember how the Apostle Peter was rescued from prison by an angel And we see in Acts 12 verse 19 how Herod put the guards to death because he lost the body. They lost Peter and so they will have to die. And so these are the soldiers uh, who knew that if I lose the body of Jesus, my life will be at stake. Do you think that they will sleep on the job, allow the apostles to take the body, then without any resistance, they will have fought to the death uh, in order to protect themselves so that they will not be slain. So we see that this is a very powerful evidence to tell us that there were guards there, there was a stone there. Okay, and he gone past them to give them the body. The only plausible reason why the body was missing was because of the resurrection. Consider also the transformed lives of the disciples. Okay. See, look at how the disciples of Jesus they were initially very fearful and very skeptical. Okay. You remember that when Jesus was arrested, uh, what happened to the disciples? Uh, all of them say we will be refused unto death, I will give up our lives for you. But when Jesus was arrested, everyone fled away. Peter, when he was asked three times, he denied our Lord Jesus because of fear. Okay. And you see that when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, uh, okay, what were the disciples doing? In John 20, verse 19, uh, we see that they were gathered together, but they shut the doors uh, because of the fear of the Jews. They were assembled together, but they were afraid. Oh, Why if the Jews come and catch us? Uh? Uh, Why if they come and see what we are doing? So they were fearful they thought that those who had killed jesus might come for them next so these were people who were very fearful and these were people who were also very skeptical in fact jesus time and again throughout his ministry he always rebuked them for their unbelief and for their hardness of heart and if you look at the account in mark 16 verse 14 jesus again rebuked them after his resurrection why was that so because they did not believe the account of those who said that they had seen jesus raised from the dead the apostles, the disciples of Jesus, they were very skeptical and doubtful people. Even though they had seen Jesus perform so many miracles, but yet Jesus always rebuked them for the unbelief and the hardness of heart. Even at the resurrection, with so many witnesses, they still did not believe. And the, of course, the, 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 the best example you can think of is Thomas. Ah. We often call him, think Thomas. Ah. Okay. In fact, in John 20, verse 25, even when the other disciples told him that we have seen the risen Lord, what did he say? Except I see in his hands the print of the news and put my finger into the print of the news and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Such was the unbelief that doubt that today I must see with my own eyes before I will believe. But yet, we see that these were very fearful and skeptical disciples. After Jesus had resurrected and ascended to heaven, we see the 180 degrees change in their life. They became very bold. They very became very committed. In fact, Acts chapter 5, rid of how they were threatened and how they were beaten by the Sanhedrin council. But verse 41 tells us, They departed from the presence of the Lord. They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer shame in His name. And every day in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. These were people that fled away at the first opportunity when Jesus was being arrested. People that were so afraid that they would hide behind closed doors. But yet now after being beaten and threatened, they still went to preach Jesus. And even after, we see that they read about how Stephen was stoned to death, how James was put to death with the sword, they still continue preaching the gospel. We see that all of them were willing to die a martyr's death for the sake of Jesus. According to Jewish tradition, all the apostles were killed, uh, except for John who uh, who died of natural death. But all of them were killed, all for the sake of the Lord. What would account for the change of their life, other than the strong conviction that Jesus derived from the dead? Other than a conviction that one day, even if they die for Christ, they will rise again. They will see Jesus in heaven. That was the that is the only reason that will account for the change of life. If they have stolen the, the, the body, uh, they you think that they will die for the life? I think the first disciple will be there to stray away. Admit, I mean, I hear I stole the body, uh. Uh, don't kill me, I will be it's me. But they didn't. It was the resurrection that transformed their lives. And so the very witnesses, is a very strong testimony that Jesus did, in, did indeed. Raised from the dead. There was no stolen body as what people claim. The second witness, the second evidence we want to look at is the battered body of Jesus. Today there are people who say that, oh, Jesus didn't really die. Actually, yeah, okay, it's impossible for their disciples to steal, but maybe Jesus just fainted from the suffering on the cross. And so in the coolness of the tomb, he revived and then he found that he was locked in. So he pushed away the stone and then fought away the guts and then ran out. Again, it's quite impossible you think about that. Uh, unless he's a superhero or some special ability that he can do that. Uh, how can you roll a stone that nobody else can roll by themselves? How can you fight against 16 people? Uh, okay, you think like Iman, uh, one fight then, uh, but he's fighting 16. Well-trained and well-armed soldiers It's impossible. And this is what people today claim. Uh, some kind of ludicrous theory. They call it the Soon Theory. The SWOON. That Jesus fainted and then revived the tomb. But again, we see that it is impossible. Because Jesus' death was confirmed multiple times by the soldiers and then by Pilate himself. Okay. In John 19, verse 33, we see that the soldiers, they came to Jesus and they saw that he was already dead. They did not break his legs. Okay. What happened was that Jesus was hung on the cross on a Friday. The next day will be a Sabbath. So they would not hang the body over the Sabbath. And so they wanted to make sure that the people died and then bring them down the cross. And one way to ensure that them was to break the legs, huh? So that the people cannot push themselves up, they cannot breathe, eventually they will die. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. But to confirm, uh, double confirm, uh, they pierced the side to see whether he was really dead. And out came blood and water, a testimony that in fact he had died. His heart had stopped working already. It was a clear evidence that Jesus has died. And consider further, Pilate also went to confirm, uh, because we see that Joseph of Arimathea came to ask for the body of Jesus. And Pilate was surprised. In fact, the Bible says, Pilate marveled if he was already dead. Because usually crucifixion people can take days to die. Yet Jesus died only in 6 hours. He was a relatively fast death. And so Pilate was surprised. He marveled. And then he called the centurion to ask whether he had been any while well dead. Whether he had been dead for a period of time uh, to confirm that he actually died. These was the centurion who had witnessed so many crucifixion who have been very sure that Jesus had indeed died and you have checked and double checked to make sure he had died and then Pilate can release the body to Joseph okay. so there is no possibility of Jesus just fainting and then coming back to life the soldiers were well trained see, uh, they were well trained they testified they verified they pierced him and they saw that he died Pilate confirmed again with the centurion and then give the body to Jesus but let's say let's say just let's just take, let's just follow the line of reasoning and say Okay, actually, he just fainted. But consider, could he then have appeared to multiple disciples despite being wounded and bruised? His body, remember, it was battered, it was bruised severely. He was scourged, remember, before his crucifixion, he was scourged. Very painful death, loss of a lot of blood. And then, there was a crown of thorns placed upon his head. In fact, he was so weak that he fell beneath the weight of the cross. Someone had to be drafted in to carry the cross for him. And then crucified six hours on the cross. Tremendous pain, tremendous loss of blood. But the question is, even if he had, let's say we assume that he can have woken up, up from fainting off and then coming back to life, can he possibly go and appear to so many witnesses all within a day? Consider who are the people he, he appeared to. He appeared to a group of women, and then we read about how he appeared to, a group of, uh, to two disciples on the road to Emmaus. The group of women he appeared to was in Jerusalem. And now he appeared in Emmaus. How far was that? Luke 24, verse 13 says, Behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. Okay. I was checking out what does how far is three score furlongs are. Uh, it's actually 12 kilometers. Uh, okay. Can you imagine a person who has been crucified, just died loss of blood, uh, and then uh, a lot of pain and all this uh, Can you imagine going 12 kilometers to Emmaus to meet these two disciples? And not only that, it didn't stop there, because after these disciples realized that there was Jesus who appeared to them and then vanished, they then ran back to Jerusalem to tell the other apostles. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus went to find the 11 apostles and told them that the Lord had risen and had appeared to Simon, and then appeared to them. And now Jesus appeared to them at Jerusalem as well. So consider 12 kilometers going from Jerusalem to Emmaus, another 12 kilometers going back from Emmaus back to Jerusalem. How long is that? That's 24 kilometers. Uh. Okay. Uh, those of you who have gone through the army, uh, your BMT you go through 24 kilometer road march. Uh. You can imagine how tiring it is, how painful it is. Uh. Uh, and that is when you are in full health, and you good health, you have good sleep. Uh. But this one, I'm talking about a man who is battered and bruised. Uh. Can he go through that? Okay. I remember when I go through my 24 kilometer road march, uh, the first thing I wanted to do when I go uh, is just sleep through the rest of the day. I uh, didn't even have energy to do anything else. But Jesus! Appeared to, we see that how many? He appeared to the women, he appeared to the the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, he appeared to Peter, and then he appeared to the 12 apostles, uh, the the, the other apostles, all within one day. It's quite physically impossible for someone to have been so injured and so wounded to have done all of that. The only reason, the only possible reason you can think of is that he had risen from the dead. And we see that death could not hold him down. Unless these, these evidences still doesn't convince you, uh, the battered body and the very witnesses doesn't convince you. Let's consider about the supernatural signs. Okay? The supernatural signs that accompany him at his death and his resurrection. We have no reason other than to believe that something miraculous had happened and God actually endorsed it with these signs. We see how at his death, okay, we see that something happened. Matthew 27 verse 45 says, from the 12, six hour there was darkness over the land until the ninth hour okay. so according to the the time uh, for them the first hour starts at 6 am so the sixth hour will be 12 noon 12 noon until 3 pm there was darkness total darkness at a time where you expect that the sun will be at its brightest there was total darkness and then we see that the veil of the temple was rent in two from top to bottom the earthquake and the rocks ran there was a severe earthquake And this earthquake was so strong that even the stones broke apart. ah. What could have caused all this? Could there be a natural phenomenon? As some claim, some people say, oh, it it could be an eclipse. ah. It could be a general earthquake. But we know it could not be ah, from the reaction of the centurion. ah. Because in Matthew 27 verse 54, the centurion and the soldiers who saw all this, ah, they said, truly, this was the Son of God. If it had to be a natural phenomenon, uh, just an eclipse, a normal earthquake, ah, who will go and say, this is the Son of God? Huh? Today if I see an uh, eclipse huh, and someone died, I wouldn't say this is the Son of God, I would say that oh, this is a natural phenomenon, something happened. Okay? It must be something tremendous that happened, something that never they seen before. These were seasoned battle war soldiers, but yet they feared and they said, truly, this was the Son of God. And consider any other sign. We see that after Jesus resurrected from the dead, the dead saints came back to life and they appeared to many people. It wasn't just one or two that came back. Many saints came back and they appeared to many people. Matthew 27, verse 62 says, The graves were opened and many bodies of the saints that slept arose. They came out of the graves after the resurrection. They ran into the holy city and appeared unto many. So Jesus' resurrection was accompanied by the resurrection of many other saints coming back to life and then going back to Jerusalem to appear to many witnesses. How would you account for that other than this is a miraculous event happening? And not only did these saints appear to many witnesses jesus himself also appeared to many witnesses as well in fact the apostle paul recalls the appearances and among all of the appearances in first corinthians 15 verse 6 he says that jesus was seen of above 500 brethren at one time there was on one occasion that jesus appeared to more than 500 people and the next part of the verse is very significant because he says of whom the greater part have remained unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. It's a very important detail we have to remember. Uh, most of the people that have seen Jesus, the amount the of 500, were still alive at the time of Paul. Some have died, of course, but most of them were still alive. What does it mean? It means that the testimony of Paul can be verified. Okay? These were people that were known to the other brethren. These were people that were still alive. A majority of them were alive. They could check, with find them, did you really see that? Were you among the 500? It could be a verifiable evidence. Today, you consider some people who talk about science and they believe in faith, feelings, miracles. Sometimes uh. they say, Oh, I heard about this uh, person that raised from the dead. Uh, who do you hear from? Oh, I heard it from my aunties, husbands, friends, daughters, uh, neighbors. Uh, very far link. You don't really know that. You can't verify. Or oh, I heard it from someone, my friend. Uh, where, where, where is he? Can I ask him? Oh, pastor passed already. You cannot verify. You can tell whatever story you want, nobody can verify. But this account that jesus appeared to more than 500 were appearing to people that were known to the brethren people that were still alive at the time they could verify for themselves so again there could be no lying there could be no cover-up jesus did redirect from the dead okay. so from these three lines of reasoning we see that we have powerful evidence of jesus resurrection: the very witnesses the better body and the supernatural signs but again we want to ask the question what does it mean for us today if Jesus did rise from the dead, what does it mean for us? One thing we have to recognize is that he will be our soul, our only saviour that we have to put our faith and trust in. The Bible tells us that Jesus was raised from the dead to be our saviour. Acts 5 verse 30 we see that the Bible says, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and hang a tree. Him had God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a saviour, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. You see, God raised up Jesus to be our Saviour, to be the ones who washed away our sins with His blood. And from this we know that He is the only, the sole Saviour that we need to trust in. In fact, Peter will tell us in in Acts 4 verse 12 that there is no salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the only religious founder, if you think about that, only religious founder to have resurrected from the dead. The, the founders of other religions, all of them, they are in the grave. None of them ever came back to life. Would you rather believe someone uh, who tells you about what happens after death, uh, but they themselves have never experienced it? Uh? They are still alive, but they tell you, oh, uh, this is what happened. You go through reincarnation, uh, you go through many lifetimes. Would you believe someone who has never gone beyond this life? And they try to tell you that. Or would you rather believe someone who had died, went beyond the grave, and then come back and tell us what is it like after death. I will say I believe the latter because the person experienced it himself. Our Lord Jesus tells us what is there after death because he has been there. He knew what is there. And so the Bible tells us he is the only one qualified to be our Savior. No one else is raised from the dead. No one else has this power to raise us from the dead. This will also tell us that jesus is our perfect high priest in romans chapter 8 verse 34, the bible tells us that again jesus was raised from the dead in order to be our high priest to make intercession for us paul says in romans eight thirty-four, who is he that condemneth it is christ that died yea rather there is reason again who is at the right hand of god who makes intercession for us so you see jesus was raised from the dead to be our high priest to intercede on our behalf to god and he is the only one that is qualified to be our perfect high priest simply because he is the only person who understands perfectly what it means to be both divine as well as to be human hebrews 2 verse 17 18 tells us that in all things he behoves him to be made like unto his brethren he was made like unto us he was made a human just like us okay and then he says that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Jesus being been through every temptation that we would be exposed to, but yet he triumphed over them. He knows the pain, the suffering, the struggles that we face. And so he is perfectly qualified to be the only mediator between God and man. Because for one to be a mediator, you have to understand both parties. He has to understand the, the, on the side of God, He has to understand what it is on the side of human in order to make peace between both parties. Who else can be qualified to do that? Can it be like what the Catholics believe in Mother Mary, a person who is only human but never has no wise need like to be a god? She cannot be a mediator. Any of the apostles, can they be mediators? Again, there is no experience of being divine. Only Jesus is the qualified one. He is the perfect high priest because he is both god as well as human. And the third implication we want to consider is that Jesus is our just judge. Jesus was raised again to be our judge. Acts 17 verse 31, the Bible says, Because he had appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man who he had ordained. So God appointed a day whereby we will be judged by Christ. And he had give assurance to all men. How so? How can we have this assurance that Jesus will be our judge? The last part of the verse says, In that... God had raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus was raised to be our judge on the last day. And Jesus is the judge judge because his standard of judgment is not according to his whims and fancies, but he had revealed to us the absolute standard of judgment. Jesus says in John 12 48 He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. So Jesus has given us the standard of judgment. Would you rather believe some people who tell you what they think the judge will judge us with or would you believe the judge himself? You know, today in the religious world, today in the denomination world, a lot of people will give you a lot of ideas of how you will be judged by God. When you will consider the question, how to be saved, people will say, oh, you just have to say the sinner's prayer. You just have to believe and you're saved. That's not what the judge tells us. That's what people think, what people want to believe. Can we find a single instance of the sinner's prayer in the Bible? You can't. and the Bible tells us clearly that faith without works is a dead faith would you rather believe these people or would you rather believe the judge himself will tell you what he wants today if you are going to face a sentence on court ah, do you want to believe the lawyer will tell you I think the judge will say this the judge will give you this this sentence or would you want to hear from the judge himself what he has to say definitely you want to hear from the judge so let us trust in this judge judge, because he has given us the absolute standard that is the Bible his word Is the standard that will judge us on the last day and so brethren and friends in this morning's lesson we have considered the very important question what if jesus did not rise from the dead we consider the implications that are very severe okay what will happen if jesus did not rise from the dead it means that what we preach about the death burial and resurrection all will be in vain our faith in this will be in vain we will be still in sin because we are baptized into his death burial and resurrection but if he did not rise from the dead we will not come out of baptism as a new person. It will also mean that the apostles are false witnesses because they claim that they have seen Jesus raised from the dead. And this will also mean that those who die have no hope. Very tragic. We who have given our lives for God, who have dedicated our lives to serve him, what hope would there be if Jesus did not rise from the dead? But thankfully for us, we have so many evidence to prove to us that it is impossible that Jesus did not rise from the dead. We talk about the very witnesses, the enemies of Jesus who made sure that nobody could steal his body. We talk about the transformation of the lives of the disciples who proved to us that Jesus did rise from the dead. We spoke about a battered body which was proven, verified to be dead, but yet he could appear alive to many people, all at, all within a day. How could that happen? Only if he had resurrected from the dead. And we talk about supernatural signs, Where do we see signs such as these that appear when someone dies? Only at the death of Jesus and at his resurrection we see the signs that the red deck was also raised as well to prove to us that Jesus can raise the dead. And What does it mean for us today? We talk about the impact. He is our sole saviour, our perfect high priest, and all just judge. Brethren, we have, this is a very important question that we need to consider. What if Jesus did not resurrect from the dead? The Apostle Paul concludes that we will be of all men most miserable. Indeed, Christians will be the most miserable group of people who believe in a lie, who dedicated their lives for a lie, who sacrificed their lives for a lie, if Jesus did not rise from the dead. But thanks be to God, today we have infallible proofs of his resurrection. As Luke says in Acts 1 verse 3, because of his resurrection, we have the assurance that one day we will receive the resurrection as well. As 1 Corinthians 15 verse 12 says, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, How can anyone say that there is no resurrection from the dead? If Jesus can be resurrected, why not us? So brethren, what is our outlook of death? I hope this lesson has helped us to have a better perspective of life and death. This life is not all that there is. We know that one day there will be a life that we need, there will be a judgment that comes, we need to give an answer to God, and a life that we will have to spend in eternity with God. As the Apostle Paul says of his outlook in life, for me to live is Christ." and to die in its gain. And Philippians 1.23 goes on to say, I'm in a dilemma between two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. You know, for a Christian, uh, to live this life to be with God is a far better life than we have on earth. Of course, we do not want to commit suicide. We still want to live on for the sake of our loved ones, our family, and those that we can bring to Christ. If we live on this earth, it's our opportunity to serve God, to serve others. But remember, when we live this life, it is a better future, a better hope that we are looking forward to. So for those of you who may have lost family, love to us, do not be sad because one day if you are faithful, we will see them again. And to my friends, I hope this lesson has convinced you about the resurrection of Jesus. But the question is that now that you are convinced about the resurrection of Jesus, what would your response be? You know, in Acts chapter 17, Paul preached to a group of people at Athens. He preached to them about the resurrection of the dead. And let's look at their response in Acts 17 verse 32. Look at the response of the people in Athens who heard about his preaching. Acts 17 verse 32, it says, When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some people mocked, they laughed at him. Others said, We will hear you again of this matter. And so Paul departed from among them. How be it, certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysius, the Arab guide and a woman named Damaris and others with him. You see, there are those who listen to Paul's message, probably a, quite a similar message to what we have discussed today, but yet they laugh at the direction. Even with all the proofs given to them, they were still skeptical. Some say, I will hear you again. We hope that at least you will, you will give this response that I want to learn more, I want to hear more. Get in touch with us. Let us know that you want to study more. We will be glad to study with you. But the best part, of course, is for those who obey the gospel. Who obey the gospel in water baptism, and we hope you do likewise. Again, what does it mean to obey the gospel? We have spoke about how the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And when we obey the gospel, we obey His death, burial, and resurrection. You may ask, how do I obey a death, burial, and resurrection? It's only through water baptism, through immersion. Sprinkling and pouring won't, won't you won't follow the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus only through immersion you see jesus died on the cross we died to sin jesus was buried in the tomb we are buried in the waters of baptism jesus resurrected to become a new person we rise up from the grave of water baptism to become a new man a spiritual clean person if you are subject to the interpretation call why not respond let us know of your decision and we will be glad to help you to make this good decision to obey the gospel once again thank you all very much for your kind attention we hope that uh, for our friends and visitors, you at least get in touch with us and continue to study the Bible with us. Thank you.